Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday and welcome to yet another episode of On My Grown, the podcast. I am your co-host, Melanie Mitchell. And I'm your other co-host, Rodney Boyd. Uh, what's up? <laughs> Please remember to live tweet, y'all. We did a great job last week with the live tweets. It started, you know, catching on and stuff. Um, we kind of missed the mark with promoting it, but it still did well all on its own. So thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, we don't have any new reviews this week, I don't think. So we can just get right into it. Uh, yep. Okay. What? Well, do you want to recap your weekend? Oh, well, yeah, this weekend yeah, was pretty quick. cool. I went to, well, week, I guess, because I was gone for a smooth five, six days. Um, I went to Miami for Art Basel with my sister. Because I'm kind of like her assistant, basically. But my sister's, if you don't know, my sister is like a low-key, big-time artist. So, like, I'm sitting here <laughs> walking with Beyonce, basically. People were crying, meeting her. And like, oh, my God, it's you. And I'm like, oh, it's just my sister. So, it's weird. <laughs> but that was that was definitely interesting. Um, saw a lot of beautiful art, beautiful people. Um, there were men there. Um, <laughs> it was great. I ate, like, a pig the entire week, and it was great. And I'm grateful for all of the food. Um, yeah, so, and I was able to take over Blavity's Instagram story on Friday. That was fun. I got to, you know, share my media skills. So hopefully that, you know, turned into something great. I enjoyed that. Thank you for everybody who supported that and went and watched the story. Um, hopefully you guys liked it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, we got like 12 or 13 new followers, I believe. Yeah. They, shortly after yeah, that. The so. podcast page got more followers from it than I did, which is funny. So cool. <laughs> F me as usual. So, I mean, but it's fine. It's fine. Sacrifice you make for your children. Well, welcome to our newcomers. Thank you for joining us. We hope this is the start of a long and healthy relationship. Right. So um, if you own a mobile device, a computer, um, uh, a Walkman, Game Boy, anything, you have seen this video of a young Caucasian man crying in the passenger seat of a vehicle to his mother about being bullied at the schoolhouse. Very emotional. Uh, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, look, a little white boy. Then I watched it again. I listened to it. You know, I ain't going to lie. I did cry. I cried because I've, I've, I felt it. I've been there, you know, um, and it was sad. However, as um, things do, they things unfolded and people did some research and it, it turned left. So that was the summary. Rodney, go, go in death for us as you usually do. Okay, so um young man by the name of Keaton Jones um, was recorded um, – within the last week, I forget the exact date, um, by his mother. And he goes through and he explains and he, and he's crying and he's asking her like, why do kids bully? Why do people make people that are different feel singled out? And it's clear if you look at Keaton, um, from the way he talks, uh, if you notice some scars on his head, um, that, you know, he, he has some, some things that people may consider some abnormalities. I don't know if he is. I, I don't believe he is is is, uh, is special needs, but I, I think that maybe at some point he has surgery or or you know maybe has a speech impediment. I think he might be. He may be a little spe- not special needs as in like you know mentally, but I do think there's some deformities. He may be a preemie, okay, or yeah. something. But there's something is is it right? Just based on the pictures of him and his brothers and sisters, there is something actually wrong with him medically. Right, and I saw a scar mark on his head. <laughs> And so, mm-hmm. so that was part of the reason. Um, but he said he's, he's he was being, you know, he's trying to figure out why he's being bullied. And his mom asked, and his mom is recording. She's prompting him, like, what are they doing to you? He said, you know, they're calling me 
ugly. They're calling me stupid. They're telling me I don't have any friends. He said the kids threw ham down his pants. They poured milk on him and they threw bread at him. Now, kids are effing mean, bro. Dog, that is. How does a teacher uh, like? How does a teacher in that building allow all three things to happen? And maybe they didn't happen all on the yeah, same day. But but still, you I know, don't know. Teachers have to step in at some point, right? You know, you just wonder how does this go on in a school? And you know, a plea was made to social media. You know, his mom recorded it and she put it on social media. And long story short, he got a lot of attention. Uh, mm-hmm. Celebrities started reposting it. A lot of African American celebrities started reposting it. Too. This young man got invited to uh, by the president of UFC to come to a bunch of fights. He got invited um, by Captain got... America to the Infinity War. You know how many times I've been bullied yeah. and, and called names. Um, excuse me, Chris Evans, <laughs> nigga, invite me. I, I've been out here. <laughs> I've been getting bullied for twenty three years by the man. How, oh, <laughs> the system <laughs> been bullying the white me, man. No, but seriously, because I was gonna ask, I was gonna say, man, how many? But how many times did you bully? Excuse me. We'll we'll, we'll get there later. You, yeah, we'll get I feel personally but, I feel attacked um, by that question. <laughs> but uh, so it got a lot of traction. He got like, and, and you know, it's, it's it's typical with um, you know, white people when they go viral. Um, there's a lot of you know attention, and people have financial rewards, and they get special treatment. And out of nowhere, um, a guy by the name, I want to say James Lamb, I, I had it up. He starts to go fund me two days ago <laughs> on behalf of the Jones family with the goal of raising $20,000. And on it, it states, for what? He's not sure how the family's going to use it. His hope is that maybe they'll put him in private school or they'll use it as a college fund, whatever. But he wants to help them out and he thinks this can be a, a, a source of help. Um, and the thing raises almost 50, almost $60,000. Last I checked, it was at 58000 And then some, um, some revelations came. Some, somebody screenshotted. Uh, screenshot the mother's face post from the mother's Facebook page, and it shows them shows the family on several occasions. Her and and the family included on several occasions holding up the Confederate flag, and a screenshot of a post of her kind of talking about how if you're not injured, you need to stop crying. And you know she made some disparaging remarks about the black athletes that were kneeling, and people you know begin to get you know this the the, the Jones family is located in Tennessee, which is you know the South, basically, in the Bible Belt, and so people begin to put two and two together and feel like mm, the mother's racist, and so you know Black Twitter, as Black Twitter does, kind of turns on on the Jones family and, and talks about how this was a big finesse. But I want to discuss some things before we kind of get to you know that part of it. First, Melanie, I want to ask you, what did you think? Okay, you got a story. Go ahead. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, wait. <laughs> I got a story. <laughs> Before we get into it, um, once, okay, so once it got out that um, Keaton, you know, his family was racist, then people started bullying Keaton. And, huh, I'm not going to laugh because it's not nice. However, the comparisons on the internet were very, I'm not going to say funny. 
but some other people may love them, but not me because I am not a horrible person. So, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I like hollered <laughs> laughing at some of the jokes. Yet. And my mom has been got she's she's here. So she's like into like she knows what's going on right now. Like on the internet. She's on Facebook and I don't know. AOL news cover stuff. I don't know how she be knowing stuff, but she does. Oh, she does have an Instagram, but she only follow us and church people. But anyway. So we were at the table today and we was talking about Keaton. I was showing them the memes. It was one when it was like Keaton when he cashed out on a GoFundMe. And I don't know what movie it is. Is it the Goonies or like Sandlot or whatever movie it is? And it's some like monster man. Oh my God. Then somebody was calling him Clark Boat. I'm like, y'all are all horrible people. And I'm mad I laughed. So fast forward to about an hour and a half ago. I'm on my way to my friend's house. And I had just got me some pollo chopper cow. I'm eating my wrap, spilling it everywhere, drinking my fruit punch, listening to BBD like I usually do. That's what I do. I listen to my new edition and I'm having a good time. I'm driving, minding my business. And I'm already in Austell. So I'm like, okay, I'm far away from home. And as I'm minding my business, I see police lights behind me. When I tell you my uterus jumped into my throat, like I was so afraid. Like, I'm like, this is the day I die. Mm. I couldn't, I didn't even know what to do. I didn't know to put my car in reverse park or what. So I'm like, okay, calm down. This is my first time ever getting pulled over ever. So is this the first time you pulled over? On a dark back road in Austell on a Monday evening. Mm. Yeah. I, I, oh man, I know that feeling. It just wasn't the, the making. I just, I'm like, this is the day I die. So I was like, I always said when I got pulled over, I was going to go on Facebook Live in case they killed me. But it happened so fast. I didn't have time. I couldn't even move. So I was like, me getting on Facebook, opening the app, getting on Facebook Live, it just wasn't happening. So he stops me. And he's like, I was like, hi, what, what is the problem, sir? Like, shook. And he tells me that my lights were off. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, sir, I'm so sorry. It's a force of habit. And I, I don't know when I turn my lights off, but I always have it on auto. So I never turn my lights on and off. So if I turn it off, it's like if I, if I ballet or something. So I, I don't realize that it's done because I never turn my lights on right. and off, which is so spoiled. My car is so futuristic that I don't turn around and back up. I don't turn my lights on and off. So I don't really know how to drive a regular car. Anyway, he's like, yeah, just turn them on. I don't want you to slip on this black ice or anything. It's, it's cold. You know, Merry Christmas. Have a good day. And I was like, you know what? Thank you, sir. He was basically a nice older white man. And then when I looked in his face. Guess what he looked like? Keaton. And I wanted to die laughing. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> that was, God has a sense of humor. He was like, you've been laughing at that special boy <laughs> all day. And I'm going to have you shook and have a police officer pull you over that look just like him. <laughs> I was, look, I was like, you know what, God, I ain't going to play with you today. Did, I'm really not. So you haven't seen the meme where they put his face on the officer. <laughs> They have. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and he said, like a state trooper. I had just showed my line sister that meme like right before that. And that, you know, I forgot all about that. That makes it even worse. That's how I felt. Like Keaton just pulled me over for laughing at him all day. But the guy that I served, I didn't get a ticket or nothing because I knew I was shook. I was riding dirty. So I was like, you know what? This is going to be the day. They're going to pass me like a box of cigarettes in this jail. And. <sighs> tell Keith I love him tell my mama I'm gonna be right be right but um anyway so I got let go I was fine he just wanted me to turn my lights on and be safe but like another police officer had pulled up behind him like I'm with a whole drug bus because my lights ain't on I, it was just too much but I just thought that was really funny um and I like of all days to get pulled up by somebody who looks like Keaton watch today 
So back into the flow of the episode, I just had to tell y'all this story because it was just crazy to me. The irony is just impeccable. Go ahead. All right. So my question to you is, would you ever record your child crying and shit? And would you share it? Because if you go back and look at the video, it's, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, it, no, the reason it went viral is because it's really emotional invoking and it's, it's really, you know, it's just, you feel for him. I don't know. I'm just a little more private person. I, you know, like in my mindset is like, oh, the kids are definitely going to beat his butt after they see this. I've never been one to like let people see me sweat like that. So I probably wouldn't do that to my child either because it's kind of humiliating. I mean, he didn't bullied enough, but I guess, we, you know, we his mama a scammer. So we already know how that goes. <laughs> so, so I see why she would upload it or just to raise awareness because my child is going through all of this or whatever. I don't know. Um, I probably wouldn't. I know what I would be doing is record my child playing with toys and opening Barbies and stuff because these kids are millionaires. <laughs> I saw, I saw they, they released some little boys made, has made $11 million on YouTube playing with toys. No, that is Ryan's toy review. That's all like my niece, Jace. She's four now, but like she's three and she's like, can I go on YouTube? I don't know how, she, I don't know if she can read or what, but she always manages to get on Ryan's page. Uh-huh. I don't know how she did this at two and three, but she would she would get there. And these kids sit and watch other kids open and play with toys. Like, why not just go get the toy yourself and play with it yourself? But you wouldn't watch Ryan play with it. It's ridiculous. It's like a whole kids YouTube world. Yeah. And it's weird. But these kids are making a killing. His college is paid for 20 times over. I said, uh, I said, I tweeted, maybe I am ready for kids. <laughs> no, for real, because... Ain't nobody eating this house for free. <laughs> Get on YouTube and be cute. Play with the toy. Bring it <laughs> now buy you this toy. Now record yourself playing with it and be cute. Do it. <laughs> I want to go to bed. Play with the toy. We got two more toys to go. Now I'm going to set up these lights and this camera on this tripod. You going to play with this toy in front of this camera. I already played. Be the, jo- <laughs> the Joe Jackson of toy right. <laughs> the toys. Oh, you already know what time it is. Get in front of the camera. Michael, Marlon. Come play with the store. My kids gonna hate Christmas. <laughs> My kids gonna be recording toy videos from the front to the New Year. <laughs> Daddy, I'm tired. You ain't done playing with all them toys. Daddy, I gotta go back to school. It's January 5th. I don't care. Um, but yeah. Sorry. You think I'm going back to a nine to five? Get in there and play with them toys. <laughs> oh god. That is funny. But I'm I'm so on that, seriously. Cause these kids make them like you're going to have to grow up eventually. Somebody's going to have to take his place. <laughs> and I'm going to keep having more kids <laughs> just to play with toys. All right, you sitting up now, son. It's time. <laughs> you know what it is. Um, okay, so, yeah, so 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 we get, we got there that we both wouldn't, wouldn't launch a, a viral video of our child. Uh, you know, I... Yeah, I don't think so. I would like Not to... Here. I would like to know the actions the mother took before recording the video. If, you know, if the school was, you know, I don't, maybe this, I don't know if this was something she intended to just put pressure on the school, you know, initially to be like, hey, like the school isn't doing anything about this. This is what they're allowing to happen to my son. Um, well, they also because said I've, that um, Keaton was down to the schoolhouse calling other kids nigger and so I don't know how true that is, but I believe it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't I don't want to present that as fact because a lot of people have taken that as fact and they've ran with they it. They have. But it's I, the internet. So you I do know. believe the 
I do believe the mother is probably racist or, you know, at least very, very much prejudiced based off of the the little we saw on on social media. Um, But I don't want to put that on Keaton because clearly, I mean, I feel like I don't to once again, I just don't feel like I don't feel like if you call me the N word, I just don't see little black boys then going you know what? You're ugly. You don't have any friends. You know, important like putting ham down his pants and pouring milk on. They probably said, "Oh, oh, ugly." <laughs> right, you know. And is it Tennessee? I didn't, I didn't Memphis or Nashville. One of them. Tennessee. Yo, ugly. Yo, no friend having that. I feel like he would just catch <laughs> the ham. I just feel he would. Well, that too. Like they wouldn't be doing all this pouring milk on him. Like you call me the N word. Here's some milk for you. It'd be yeah, like pouring milk is very, very Caucasian. That's like yeah. Black that, isn't gonna waste milk. Even if it is free lunch, they gonna waste that little milk. They drink right. the milk, and 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 that's why I don't know if like the whole him calling n word thing true, is cause, believable because because the food act, like black kids ain't gonna waste food. Ham in the pants, yeah, I can eat that. Why am I? Why am I pulling your pants? That's weird. <laughs> King, <laughs> no, but yeah, I. I it's just funny at this point. I'm just going with the jokes. I'm just here for the jokes at this point. They gonna fly. They're going to fly regardless. Do you... It's, I was talking with my mother earlier, and, and we were just talking about how, you know, like, in today's world, I'm I'm a person, if you I, if, if y'all pay attention to my social media, I never post a, a pray for or, a, you know, like, kind of, you know, any of those world events that are going on, I, I never really post anything about them. And it's not that I don't care, but I always just feel like once you post one, you set yourself up to have to post them all or else people going to think you don't care about that one event. That's a different way to think of it. And I just feel, but I feel, I truly feel that a lot of people post things about with insincerity, right. you know, like the pray for, you know, Oh man, tell, tell a little soldier, you know, keep tell my little soldier Keaton, you know, I feel for him. I was bullied. I feel, you know, especially with celebrities, I feel like they do it because it's like, dang, I got a platform. Let me go ahead and throw this up, you know, so I can, you know, post other hood memes later. Wow, what about a little now? Like a whole page for pray for, and yeah, I, I get you. It's like a slow of support, right? You know, and, and it's not that I don't care about those events. It's just that I don't feel the need to share them on social media. And so, like the whole video thing, to me, is it's like I said, I would never want to do that because my assumption is now the kid's gonna whoop my son, but even more. And uh-huh, that's what you on Facebook. Everybody was laughing at you. Yeah. And then, like, if he gets on the internet and sees these memes, oh, he really going to be messed up. Poor Keith. Man, tragic. You think his sister laughed at any of them? It was some funny ones. <laughs> Not even about, like, him him being ugly or anything, because I think that's very mean, but, like, them scamming and and I've seen people talk, you know, like, putting that ugly man crying at the uh, the drug, uh, the the drug um, intervention, talking about me trying to get some money for being bullied. <laughs> I, look, I love a good joke. So maybe, I don't know, if his sister was like me, then probably, like, okay, yeah, we not scamming for it. That was a good one. He was like, his mama going to use all the scamming money she used to go, um, <laughs> to the scamming money that she got to do white hoods for the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> right. I see, I saw one that said, uh, she's just going to buy a new Ford F-150 and, and drive around and call y'all N-words. <laughs> Which, you know, hey, I go get the, I was told by Apple Care haircut and some on streaks. Level up her whiteness. Exactly. Get her a man. 
So um, next question. So we so we know there was a, a GoFundMe launch, and Black Twitter tried to criticize all the black people like y'all when y'all gave this money to this folks, but y'all didn't give it to these people, or y'all don't give money to homeless. Once again, let's be very clear. I highly doubt that any black that that many black people donated to Keaton's fund because we can't even buy regular gas. So I mean, I don't understand how they would give money to Keaton. I don't know who gave money to Keaton, but I don't know. So I doubt that. But let me put my story out there so Plot can invite me out for that fun. But I. <laughs> but I. I th- but I have to question society. I think we've gotten into such a point of society that we see so many tragic things and we're so paralyzed by all the things that happen that in an instance where we can just throw money at something and feel as if we're contributing, that's what we do. And, I, and we do it prematurely. Because, because if someone like the moment I saw the GoFundMe for Keaton, I'm like, how that's gonna stop some bullies? Get Keaton some plastic surgery? Is that what the money's for? Like they didn't, they weren't bullying his clothes. They weren't talking about his fit. The the mama gonna probably go get a BBL and find a black king that she really wants. That's what all this is. Doctor Miami, they're raising the Doctor Miami fund. Um, so yeah, I think we've gotten to a point in society where we, we just want to throw money at things in order to one, feel like we contributed and two, you know, just to, to, to get things to go away. Hey, I threw some money at it. Keaton should be better, right? What happened to prayer? Why can't we just pray like our prayer must used to do? Well, we pray for the wrong things. We, we, we pray, you know, we pray Pray for for Libya, we pray for healthcare, but we want to throw $50,000 at Keaton. What does Keaton pray for Keaton? Put some money to get, you know, to help Libya and to, you know, get 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 their government back. Right. You know, it's like what? <laughs> so you know, that's my thing. Um. So we talked about the mother. I don't know. Uh, so a video came out with, I guess, one of the most scathing allegations. Scathing. I, I, that's right. I'm a real reporter. I'm a real reporter now. One of the most scathing allegations came from UFC fighter Joe Schillings. Who claims that he uh, he had a call with the mother, and he offered for uh, to bring her and the family out, at Keaton, well, her Keaton and the family out for a few UFC fights and to meet some of the fighters and you know just you know get you know get the red carpet treatment and feel special out in Vegas. And he said the mother declined the invite and asked if he could just donate or be sure to share her GoFundMe campaign because she's a single mother and Christmas is coming up. And he was like, you know, ma'am, I don't really agree. Like, how does, you know, how does the money help? And that's when she was like, well, you know, Christmas coming up and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And so the revelation about her being, you know, possibly, I guess guess we, for journalistic integrity, we have to say possibly being racist. And then this allegation really is helped with paint Joanne the scammer picture of Mrs. Jones' mom or uh, uh, Miss Jones. Hmm? Wait, what? Hello. I had zoned out for a second. I'm so sorry. I said this. <laughs> I have PTSD from the um, pullover earlier. Well, okay, what was the question that you posed? I'm sorry, friend. Child. I said the. Would did you hear what I said about the UFC fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the video. Okay, I'm saying this combined with you know the the allegations that she's racist is really would paint it such a poor picture of her and have people questioning her character. Right. And then I stumbled upon Keaton's sisters 
Twitter and she said that's not his mom. Yep. Yeah, what did I say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now that's where we're at now. So, yeah, there's also a woman that's that's on Instagram faking to be his mother. Right. What, what is wrong with people? Why y'all got to do this every time something happens? Jesus, find something to do. Right. Who well, who was sitting at home like, man, I ain't got nothing but time to stir up some more mess. I'm going to go ahead and pretend to be her mo- his mama. Right. You'd be surprised. Well, I don't know if you saw it. So I I, I found her Twitter, the sister's Twitter as well. And so when people started attacking him about the GoFundMe, she was like, you know, we had nothing. We didn't create that, which they didn't. Somebody else did. You know, we haven't had any contact with them. You know, like, yada, da, da, da. That's not that doesn't is not connected to us. But then somebody called her out and, you know, found a tweet from like yesterday in which she said, yes, that's the legit GoFundMe. Yes, my family has made contact. Yes, we approve of this. Go ahead and donate. Well, somebody could. Katie, I'm saying, and I'm done. I'm, I'm sick of All right. Um, so now I want to, you know, so Keaton, you know, he kind of helped jump us off. So now I want to kind of talk more about bullying um, because it's very much a serious issue. So first, uh, Melanie. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Have you been bullied or were you ever a bully? You made this question trying to imply that I was such and I don't like your tone. Um. I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I was, well, let me mm-hmm. see. I was definitely bullied. Um, they asked a question on Twitter today, like, what were you bullied about growing up? And I was bullied about my hair. Um, I was the only, like, it low-key still hurts. I remember I had, like, watched a video of a little black girl crying because she thought her hair was ugly. And I cried, too, because I, I know how that felt. Like, in pre-K, you know, I had my little ponytails and my little barrettes on them. And these two little white boys, the Spanish boys, whatever they were, I was like, oh, you're a shade. Fuck y'all. Okay, I didn't say that. But I felt so I've been self conscious about my hair, like well not now anymore, but like I kinda have like a complex. You know how people have like light skin, dark skin complex that have like good hair, bad hair complex. I am not afraid to say that. So I'm just you know, I be kinda objectifying men by their hair texture. So that's something I pay attention to. But I really love to say that. I ain't gonna lie. So I I just want my daughter to not have to go through what I went through. But I am going to teach her to love her hair, and she's beautiful, and you know your kinks and curls did. Mm. My, my mama used to set me up with my hairstyles, though, for real, for real. Like, you knew that wasn't cute, mom. Like, like why you do me like this? I used to like my sister did my hair. Mama just put two braids and call it a day, and it just was never it. Like, it don't matter how much pink lotion you put in it, mom. How many barrettes? It's just not cute, and I never liked it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's something I got bullied about. Um, <laughs> like that, like younger school. Just, you know, I was just only the black girl, so some people were, like, afraid of me, even though, like, I ain't never been a fighter, but some people were afraid of me just because I was black, so they kind of assumed, like, my aggression, so I kind of, like, build off of that, because the bus used to go down, like, this one girl, she did something, I, like, you know how you, like, pull back like you about to punch, and she was kind of, like, shook, and I was like, yeah, I'm black, you scared. <laughs> so, kind of like that, oh, actually, I was a queen bee in summer camp 2006 i think i told this before but i i was the queen bee of the clique because like in the ymca summer camps y'all be separated by age so it'd be like the five and sixes the seven and eights no the, the four and fives the six and sevens and nines and then the ten and twelves so like we were the ten and twelves and we were a clique called the double digits and like we used to bully the eight and nines girls like first off, we the double digits. So until you show you're like you're eight, you're nine. Get, mm-hmm. Like get out my face. 
I used to like pinch people. That was my <laughs> that was my shit. Like I used to pinch and scratch. Like this is my bus now, y'all. I run this. People was afraid of me in the YMCA. Like ask about me. What was the name of the YMCA? It was one by David Fairchild when she was the one across the street. Mm. That's where it went down. And I was that girl. And then it was messed up because the next summer I got put on a waiting list for the summer camp. So I wasn't there like the first part of the summer. And then the girls that had bullied the year before, they was 10 now. So now they was in my clique. <laughs> like they infiltrated my whole territory. And like, I'm, I was the new girl. They had to like read my juice up. Oh, I was like, it was already too late. And I was like, dang, like the tables had really turned, man. And then the girl, she had titties. I couldn't compete with that. Like, I didn't have breasts. So it was just, it was tough, man. It, it really was hard out here, bro. That, that summer 2006 was hard, man, because I was like, dang. But I was going to eighth grade, so you couldn't tell me nothing about that. So I was like, well, I'm going to eighth grade. So I don't know what y'all got going on. And there was like a teens group, but they was like cool because they was, they was called the CITs, the counselors in training, to make it feel better about them actually going to summer camp because y'all was really in summer camp with the rest of us. But it was like, they was vibing. They didn't really bother us. <laughs> but the double digits, we was it. <laughs> Ask about us. So, yeah, and then, see, I mean, high school, like, my high school was not like the regular high school. People really wasn't even bullied like that. Like, it's part of y'all not. It was, it was, it was a ghetto who, like, the nerd neighbors ain't like, nerd. Like, nah, nigga, you weird. You do your Yu-Gi-Oh cards, bro. Like, right, you good. And then if you're going to be a thug, you're going to be a thug. You're going to be a fool. You're going to be a whole bullying going on. Like, I can't imagine, like, it, it might be a roasting session that goes too oh, far. Yeah. Then y'all fight. And then somebody go to jail. And then you come back to school after your tennis. And then, boom. Like, that's, that's just kind of what it was. It was like, no, boom. Because then people fight. I think that's why black high schools and white high school experience are so different. Like, ah. you got a Regina George. She calling you, like, oh, that's the ugliest effing skirt or something. Ah. You just going to hit her in a black high school. Like, we just nipping the bud immediately. But in a white high school, stop. You know? <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. Was I ever a bully? Uh now I beat this one kid up. Wow. One time. He sat in me and my best friend's uh seat on the bus. It was just like, hey, like, because it was just him, and we, it was like, I don't know. Hey, can we sit there and you just sit over there? He was like, no, and we beat him up. Um, we never didn't, we didn't punch him in the face. We just like punched yeah, him all over him. his legs. Yeah, beat his legs like he was Rick James. But oh. uh, we got called into the. Pr- <laughs> yeah, beat him up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, the board, I'm gonna get you. Uh, <laughs> but like we got called into the principal's office. Like all was forgiven. We were playing on the playground. Like within the next week, all was forgiven. You can't just beat somebody in their legs. You know what? All right, bro. Hey, we asked him to get out the seat nicely. He knew he was wrong. <laughs> um, I'm trying to. I did I'm get in trouble punching this one boy in the stomach. My cousins. If I look back on it, my older cousins, Chris. I'm talking about you, Brittany. I'm talking about you. I don't. I don't think they listen. Um, no, we would roast each other, but they would come with some hot power roast, and I, to the point I felt like I was bullied. <laughs> you felt attacked, friend. But I could never. I felt attacked. I was like, y'all older than me. Y'all know better roast. Y'all go to school with black people. Y'all are better. Y'all are better equipped. Um, okay. My sister, standard. She used to tell me all kinds of crazy things. I don't believe her. She told me she was adopted by Will and Jada, and those were her real parents. And then that I was, they found me in the dumpster. That's what she said. My parents found me in the dumpster. Yeah, just, you know, usual awful things that 
older siblings say. Um, then college uh, came around, and then you know, kind of getting <laughs> H work kind of intertwined. It was self inflicted. I was just minding my business the entire four and a half years. So there was that. <laughs> yeah, you H yourself. I was just trying to get some lunch. But um, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I was never really bullied or, or bullied. Well, in high school, I just, you know, like white people would say little slick remarks, you know, because like I was a, I was a threatening black. How were you a threatening black? You? Yeah, because you know it's like I was, I was smart, I was popular. Did I, did I tell you? There's a I found in my seventh grade yearbook one of the, uh, one of my so-called white friends at the time wrote, uh, "Stay away from my women." Oh wow! Honestly, we were very racist in middle school, though. So it was like a fun thing. Like we would have race wars, like on South Park. So we just like say jokes back and forth, and I was like, "Oh, you came here on Uncle Chico's truck." Well, at least I don't know what they said. I know my dad or something. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know, but something racist. But it used to be like all in good racist fun. Really, anybody ever called me like a nigger? So I was we was cool. Like I ain't called <laughs> no. I think "spick" is the is the Hispanic slur, but don't nobody really say that. Like who says that? We call him, used to call him refs, like refugees. That was like, thing. like the one Mexican kid used to get made up fun oh. for actually being Mexican because it was like every type of Hispanic but Mexican. And then like being Mexican was low-key like, ugh, like to them. So, ah, you're Mexican. And then that was the thing. Oh, you know what? We, I did bully a girl. Okay. So, God, middle school is just a horrible time. Dang, that's, that's <laughs> this, <laughs> this one girl had gave a hand job on the way back from the course trip and everybody found out about it. So, everybody was calling her a hoe. And and I was one of those people, so sorry about that. Um, I wonder how she's doing. I'll look her up. And then I used to yell. This one girl actually was a hoe. She was indeed a hoe. She used to get like head in the pee field. And one time I was like, I saw her walking down the hall, and I was like, Taylor's a hoe. And then I ran. So not one of my highest moments. Um, not proud. Matter of fact, let me text my middle school friend and say that. Make her day. I'm sorry. God forgive me. I was awful. <laughs> I used to bully my team. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. <laughs> she deserved to know I hate her. So, like, I, used to ha- I used to throw away her dry erase markers when she wasn't looking. So then she'd get up to teach and be like, where are my markers? <laughs> That's what I was trying to get at with this question. I remembered you told us that story. She was awful. Okay, sorry. I'm better. Though. I'm a better person than I used to be. I'm <laughs> I got called in principal's office of that too. No, was it that? No, she had the principal, mind you, because it was like a principal for each grade, but she called the black one because she knew it was me and she wasn't even the principal for our grade. Like, who <laughs> threw the markers? <sighs> you know it's me. That's why you brought the black lady in here. Me. Damn. This is markers. Go get them. Oh, yeah, but I'm better. Growth is important. Um, being a better person. But I wasn't like a bully bully. It wasn't nobody like, Melanie's just so mean to me. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. It was just like the um, school stuff. So moving on, kind of bringing this back to to a larger picture, hmm. you know, from our personal picture. Um, I said bringing, I said, so moving moving forward and, and, and going from like just me and you to now like looking at the community at large. Um, about bullying and, and, and some of the more serious, you know, effects of it um, is that CNN has has an article. I'll include the article in the uh, episode notes about a uh, 10-year-old uh, named Ashanti Davis. Have you seen the story? Yes. Yes, I have seen it. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, they, 
They said she was a victim of bully bully side, which is you're bullied to the point that you commit suicide. And the fact that there's even a term for it now is ridiculous. Ex- yeah, right. You know, like you know th- that is such a common occurrence that it has to be a, a coined phrase. Um, essentially, she was being bullied, and she confronted the bully after school with a fight. Mm-hmm. Um. And like many things these days, the fight was recorded on cell phone video. I'm assuming that the fight did not go in her favor. Um, And I only say that because after the fight was recorded, later on, it was uploaded to the social media site Musical.ly. Which is something I don't, you know, I don't don't know if many people in our age range use, but a lot of my my younger cousins do stuff with it all the time. Mel, are you familiar with it? It's like you make a little music video, but I don't. My little cousin was like, Mom, can I please make a musically? I don't know why they're so pressed to have one, but it's a thing. I'm just trying to figure out how a fight would be translated onto musically. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, why would it be on that? Are they, are they edit? Did they edit it and like, add and a it's soundtrack not funny, to it? But I'm just like, imagine did they put it to like the set it off song? Like, they have a day. Like, what, song, what song are you putting it to? I don't understand. Why on musically? That's like, we're all out of touch right now. So. Right, right. We're showing our age. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, two weeks after the video was, she found out the video was uploaded to Musical.ly, um, she hanged herself um, at home in her closet. And, um, and she, she, um, she then went on life support for about two or three weeks. And then her family, um, I, I believe there was the the outlook was grim, so then they removed her off life support, and she passed about a week later. Yeah, and so you know, one thing the mother said was that the school clearly didn't do enough to help intervene. They didn't address the bullies. They never, you know, after the fight, they never. They just kind of called her and told her, "Hey, there was a fight." Yada da da da. But they never like hey, said, hey, we're going to bring you in. We're going to bring your daughter in. We're going to bring, you know, the other person who the fight was with in. And we're going to bring their parents in. And we're going to sit down and mediate a conversation. Um, which was the case. Like, like I told you all earlier, when I was in kindergarten and I had that fight. Was it kindergarten? Kindergarten or first grade. And I had that. It was kindergarten. And I had that fight. We sat down, just the kids, with a with like the school psychologist or whatever, the school you know, somebody, and like the vice principal, and we had a discussion. <laughs> hey, I'm growth, right? Well, that, you know, we sat down, like I said, with like the vice principal and like the school psychologist or something had a, you know, very, you know, straightforward conversation. Uh, We apologized. The kid forgave us. And like I said, we were all playing on the playground within the next week or so. Um, But the mother said like that, that never happened. Like it was just kind of a, we're letting you know, because we're probably like required to, but there was never any intervention, nothing to get to the root of why this was happening. And she felt the school didn't do enough. And um, there's a, a few other stories of kids that were bullied and, and that led to their suicide. And in many of the cases, they felt that the parents felt that the schools didn't do enough. Um, so I want to ask you, like, I think one thing that has changed about bullying that we haven't realized 
excuse me, guys, um, is that it's changed from the way we knew it, you know, from how 90s cartoons and television shows used to portray to, hey, give me your lunch money, you know. Swirly or something, yeah. Like. Right. These kids are being harassed and, like, demoralized. Like, no, you know. Yeah, and then social media has changed the game because at least, like, once 3 o'clock, you go home, the yes. bullying ceases, you can go get some lunch, go get, eat dinner, go to sleep, do some homework, and then the bullying will continue at 8 no, now with cyberbullying and social media, oh no, I'm gonna harass you on the bus. I'm gonna walk home. When you get back home, and you tell me mom about your day, like, hey ugly, hey ugly, hey stupid, hey stupid. Like this is just a constant twenty four hours. So I, I get it. And then after watching Thirteenth Reasons Why, that's it's crazy out here for these kids. So I, I get, I definitely get it. Back, yeah, you know, it's like you, they no longer have any relief. Yeah. Uh, so who do you think the onus is on? when addressing bullying you know is it is it up to the parent who the or the parents who you know either their child is bullying or the child is being bullied to you know kind of force a conversation uh, or to force some type of sit down to get to the root of things i mean of course parents should be active and call up to the school um <laughs> i have one of those parents because uh, he didn't play by me like my dad i'll come home i tell him hey well i told you time that he tried to find me bullying my teacher he hit me with like a, a rolled up workbook and that, that day, my dad just so happened to pick me up from school. So he parked the car. <laughs> he went in and he, it might be almost real life thought. So there was that. Like The principal had to break them up. Um, I wish I was there. Also, and on the bus, <laughs> I got bullied on the bus because it was my, she's actually my cousin. But I have so many cousins, like being my cousin isn't really like an accomplishment because I have like a thousand cousins. But anyway, she was way bigger than me on the bus. I don't know what she did. Did she hit me or something? I don't know. She was a smooth, like, 120 in fifth grade. So she had did something bully-wise to me. I don't remember what. But I told my dad when I got home from the bus, this man pulled up to her house. He drove to her house, knocked on her door. And I want to say you talked to her mama or somebody about bullying me. So, like, you as a parent, you have to be about that. So that's something that's important. And then, like, so if you call to the school, they're not doing nothing. Pull up to the school. Because these teachers, like, they oh, well, we're, we're talking. Like, my auntie's a, a counselor, and she tells me, like, what she be going through with these kids. And how, like, she's saying, like, all these kids want to kill themselves these days. Like, that's, like, the new fad. Because people were not that suicidal when we, when we was in school. Like, we thought about it, but it wasn't, like, as prevalent. I don't know if 13 Reasons Why is a reason, but, you know, and she has to do stuff about it because she's a counselor. Yeah. Um, or maybe... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, how we were wondering, like, how... Like, at 10 years old, how do you know how to properly hang yourself? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, how do you, I don't know how to hang myself. I just... I don't know, like, like, you know, like it, with the internet, you can learn how to do anything. Unfortunately, she probably did Google it, right? You know, it's it's nothing to Google. Oh, mom, what you doing? You know, baby, what you doing? I'm watching, you know, kids on YouTube play to- play with toys. But really, <laughs> I'm watching Ryan's toy review, right? Figuring right, out how to tie but really, all right. Like, oh no, it's not going to be a strong enough rope, and and you know that's that's the sad part is like. You just you can it you can really kind of slip by you without asking, or a child could really not, you know, t- you know, like you could really engage your child, and mm-hmm. they still would won't tell you because they're like, you know what, it's just easier to to it's, be yeah, out. It's crazy, um, but I think it, like a teacher, you have to say something because again, people are killing. Like most most people do is just act out. I don't know, or pull a, a Chiron from from Moonlight and just bust the bullet over on top of the head with a chair. But that's a nice way to go about it. But, you know, people are really killing themselves these days. So you have to, if I were a teacher, I would pay attention. Like, 
don't talk to me like that. You treat people how you want to be treated. The golden rule, blah, blah, blah. But some people are just trash and they people trash. So they're not going to really be much else in the classroom. Um, I think it's a, it's a, well, I mean, teachers are overworked a lot well, yeah, too. Let's, you know, like they're, they got to manage 30, 30 kids. They got a great test. You know, it's possible to miss things, but like you said, it's, but these kids gotta, are with them more than they're with their parents in the day. You know, and you know, and, yeah. you know, you see this little boy get like, today, do something. I feel like it's the adult's responsibility to enforce things. So the teachers and the counselors and the principals and the parents, they do have to do their part. But how many kids, like, once again, I don't I don't see bullying as the cliche, you know, television portrayal. I don't believe as a child I'm going to give you a wedgie in front of everybody because that's hot. I can just, like I said, I could just harass you online. Like, you stupid, you ugly, you ugly, you know. Which is true. But, again, we, we look at Keaton Somebody got to see that ham going down his pants. That's not a quick transaction. Somebody got to see that milk. He had to have gone to the bathroom to dry the milk off. So adults, they're not completely oblivious. Like the same way we think that our parents didn't know what was going on when we were teenagers. That's real. And we thought we were so sneaky and doing all this kind of stuff. They know what's Um, going on. So they need to do something. They definitely know what's going on. You see kids, you know, you can see their demeanor changing or how they act around certain people. You need to do your part and make sure these kids are okay. And I agree with you. I think, I think, uh, of course, it would be nice if the school stepped in and, and mediated. Um, but I think the school is they're going they're battling a few different things, you know, like just time and, you know, to 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 give to certain things. I think, like I said, my assumption is that the new form of bullying is not is is it's not really happening during school, but it's happening after hours or via social media. So in terms of their jurisdiction, is it's a little more complicated than it used to be. And I think they're probably trying to, you know, avoid having to record an incident of bullying for, you know, just for their reputation. But we can see, again, I keep on referencing 13 Reasons Why because it's very relevant to what we're talking about. But you see what happened to Derek Luke? Like, he didn't do his job and somebody lost their life. So, they need, like, there will be blood on your hands if you're not out here doing your job. Very true. Very, very true. So, all you teachers out there that be... I, that I follow, and I be y'all be putting these kids on Snapchat. I hope right, y'all you, really know. be putting these kids on Snapchat. I'm trying not to say nothing because ain't my place, but putting people kids on the internet. Nah, let y'all let let my let me find out my son little. Well, my child probably wouldn't be living in a. We wouldn't be living nowhere where it's a TFA teacher. Not every teacher is a teacher. You see how he, he be acting, y'all? He's so funny acting. Like I'm, some people are just teachers. They're not. Everybody's TFA. <laughs> Oh, very true, very true. Uh, but we would, but in the event my child got some little young teacher, I'm be like, I'm gonna come in. Um, first day, look, I know you got social media. Don't be putting my child on no musically, on no Snapchat, on no virtual reality. Have my child nay nay in right, the right, whatever, whatever y'all on at the time. You know, we not my child not going on there. Okay, and if I find out, I'm calling up to the school and I'm making a scene. <clears throat> My child is a public <laughs> figure. They have a very successful <laughs> review page, and you will not like this for free. There's a waiver and a fee. There's a booking fee if you want to put his him on face is trademark. Thank you. It really is. So don't pull it. <laughs> um, how do you know if your child is being bullied? Or how, better question: Is there a way to identify if your child's a bully? Uh, at a young age, so I mean. If, and if, if you're getting phone calls from the school, which I hope, then yeah, 
I would imagine that you know. So tell them, give them stern talking twos or whatever. Um, again, I wasn't a bully bully. I was the smallest person in my classroom up until like graduation. <laughs> so I wasn't out here just feet five, four, five down the hallways. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, you know, you talk about being nice to other kids and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> then what? Well, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't, is, I don't know if your child is going to just, I don't know if it's going to be as easy to notice that your child is bullying as, as some may assume. Like I see people tweeting, like raise your kids better. You know, like if your child's a bully, like, you know, stop them. How many times is a bully going to go home? Like, you know, Hey, Hey James, how was your day? Oh man. You know, it was cool. I poured some milk on Keaton. That was funny. You know, that was the move. Don't pour milk on Keaton. You're right, dad. I won't. Like, I think, I think it's all in how children are raised, period. And if they're being bullied at home, they're going to bully somebody at school. Right. If if I'm a bully, you know, the cliche is that I'm I'm crying out for attention. What makes you think anyone at home is, is giving me the, the necessary attention? Exactly. Or maybe you maybe you like Melanie and you were getting more than enough attention. You just want to be a jerk. <laughs> wow. I feel attacked. Yet again. <laughs> You were bullying. A, you were bullying a whole adult. <laughs> you, you brave. She deserved it. I didn't like her because my favorite teacher was our teacher first semester, but then she got a promotion, so we had someone else come in to replace her. And I was like, "No, indeed, don't like her. Try again. Strike no. one." And that's basically what. It was. And then, like, she had a very heavy accent because I couldn't understand her, and I just took it as disrespect. <laughs> so then it just. <laughs> I took her access disrespect, so I had to go at it. You are a fool. Um, Okay, last point I wanted to bring up, and, and, you know, once again, it's sad, but in 2015, the uh, New York Times um, published an article, and I'll, once again, the link will be in the uh, episode notes, um, that says that um, suicide rates among black children has um, increased over the last, you know, decade uh, to the point where it's now surpassing white children. And this is this is a new development because historically black children had always had lower suicide rates than white children. But not only did we catch up to white children, we have now surpassed them. That's crazy. I find that to be insane. Because, um, again, every time you would hear something about a white kid or a student killing themselves or bullying, it's like, oh, that's a white people shit. So the fact that it's no longer just quote unquote white people shit, this is an issue. And then it comes with this whole mental illness discussion that, you know, black mental health matters, all this stuff is finally starting to get talked about. Now we have to address it because people are literally dying. I guess it kind of like reached a boiling point to now kids are really like, okay, I can't take it anymore. After generation and generation and generation of like suppressing these mental feelings and not getting help and all this stuff. So yeah, it's definitely important. I definitely believe it. Um, enough is enough we need to start addressing this mental health thing and being addressing the way we treat our children and raise our children don't cry don't be a punk and suck it up and parents not apologize and just a lot of craziness that has been looked at as normal from our black upbringing like some stuff has to stop um so i i I agree and, and 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 i disagree um because i i very well understand that one a lot of people were not they were not uh, fortunate enough to have the upbringing I was given. Um, and, and I'm very fortunate and privileged in the in way I was brought up. And, and my parents did 
give me some of those cliches, never like, you know, stop crying. But, you know, my parents made me understand that, hey, it's going to be a little harder for you as as African-American, especially out here, you know, but we have your, you know, and, and they, but they communicated, hey, but we're not going to let you do this alone. We're your support. And I feel like some of, you know, some of, some of that is, you know, some of that tough love or some of that, um, you know, that sternness that black parents instill is, I think it's, 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 it's necessary in order for survival as a, as a young African-American in America, just given historically, um, you know, the institutional racism that exists. Um, so they gave some, a few reasons of why they, be, just why they believe black children, um, suicide has increased now the they did not do a, a concrete study to verify this but here's some interesting reasons i found uh mm-hmm. said black children um are exposed to violence and traumatic stress at a higher rate and um when i think about you know like i said those people that were not privileged to have the same upbringing as me i grew up in the suburbs most of my life there you know there are people that live in very impoverished areas and because once again because institutional racism um, you know, Chicago comes to mind where you have neighborhoods that have been, you know, gang war torn for months and years. And, you know, people have lost countless relatives to the gang wars. Um, you know, I think that really plays a role in, in, in black children and traumatic events. Um, um, black children. Here was a very interesting one. Black children are more likely to experience an early onset of puberty, which can increase a risk of depression and impulsive aggression. I can see that. Like growing breasts early, which is prompting your nasty ass uncle to touch you or something like that, or just being a bigger, you know, like a Tamir Rice who's taller at a younger age. And yeah, I, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. I can understand. Um, easier access to guns. Uh, because they said that gun deaths among white boys went down while it increased among black boys. Um, here's here's one that I found extremely interesting. Um, we are not as religiously observant as previous generations. Um, so as as many of you know, just in America in general, but you know, probably in black America in black America as well. Um, millennials as a generation. Um, and Gen X are less religious than our, pre- than our previous generation, baby boomers and so on. So our children are th- therefore less religious. And a few things that comes with that less religious, you know, effect. Um, you don't have that spiritual foundation that during tough times that many would uh, find relief in and, you know, hopes and thoughts that, okay, it can get better. And then two, uh, the church often provided a community in which um, children were safe or they felt connected or they felt that they had, you know, help or, you know, just friends in. And so now you when you when you are no longer as religious, your children no longer have that spiritual foundation that that encourages them that things might get better. And then, two, they just don't have the, the physical community to rely on to encourage them and to help them through difficult times when they might not want to approach their parents. Um, what do you think about that last reason? Um, honestly, I think that um, I think that comes from from generations of church hurt as well. So you know, the church hurts your mama, your grandmama, so they stop going, and you know, then the whole religious belief kind of just fizzled out altogether. 
So it, it, I feel like it's just a lot of post-slavery generational habits, I guess, are kind of like broken and stuff. And that's why we are where we are now. So now, you know, people getting shunned and pregnant young, all this kind of stuff, and got sat down in the church. Now they don't want to go no more. And they just start reading their Bible and they were and they raising kids with no Jesus. And just it's just a slippery slope. It's just a lot of slippery slopes in, in black culture and that are kind of like getting out of hand. Well, I don't. You see what I'm saying? I, I definitely definitely hear what you're saying. I don't know. What you're describing to me is kind of what may have happened like a generation ago or like a like a more Gen X thing getting pregnant young and being shunned now i'm not gonna say that, that well, that's just an example uh, that's an example uh but church hurt is very real and, and and people in the church hurt you you know um yeah that um it was a church to hashtag that kind of was like a under the me too umbrella and there was just so many crazy stories and kind of like with sexual harassment in the church or just crazy sexual predatorial things said in the church and it was real yeah. so and I can understand why someone would not want to return to a church after that. Yeah. I, I was talking with a friend of mine. I went, I grew up going to church with, and she said, um, she had bullied a few people when they were new. And I was like, dang, for real. She was like, uh, she was like, yeah, you know, and, and I actually had to, I actually apologized to one of the girls. And she told me, you know, like for years it affected her and I had no clue because she, otherwise she was so confident. And, you know, I asked her, I asked her, you know, what, like, what made you stay or like da 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 da. She was like, you know, enough, enough uh, other people were kind to me that you didn't, you didn't get to me as much. But here she was, someone who had perpetrated bullying in the church. Um, yeah, and it's a church mess is crazy, like, especially that youth department. <laughs> <laughs> they need a green leaf on that. Just the youth green leaf, young adult ministry green leaf. That's what the real message is. Kids be wild, man. Kids, we be booed up in there. Boot up the church sleepovers and movie nights. Listen, don't go in the back with the teenagers. So, okay. Hey, when you made it to the teen ministry, <laughs> listen. I used to be front and center at the new birth youth um youth conferences. That's why the men used to be at the fine ones. <laughs> All the fine ones. Oh, man. Oh, good times. <laughs> I wasn't being fast, though, because nobody would choose on me. But still, I was there. <laughs> and I got a little word while I was there, I guess, if you want to be. If you had the opportunity to be fast. I would have been like, snatched. <laughs> yes. Right. You same boat. <laughs> but God knew. He was like, oh, you thought you were going to be fast. Right? Every time I premeditated <laughs> fastness, it never happened. So, whatever. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> he was like, thought it would. He really would. Um, but then, uh, but one thing they didn't bring up and, you know, you and I have talked about is just probably kids access to more information on uh, black children's access, uh, more access to information about how to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, because as we said, how does a 10 year old know how to prop tie a noose to properly hang themselves? You know, and then even your, your comment about your friend being a school counselor and saying like, oh, my fault, your auntie saying that a lot of kids want to kill themselves i'm starting to wonder is there something in the food i would not be surprised if they put a little bit of suicide drops in every bit of these um four for fours <laughs> just to kill us it's another sense of eugenics they get us to kill ourselves then you know boom would not put it past yeah, no facts i 
Um, you know, I, the, that little Uzi Vert song. Uh, how's it go? All my friends are dead. Push me to the edge. Um, I, I, you know, I grew up in, very much in the church, and so one thing I've always believed in is words um, have power, and that life and death is. Well, I actually looked up the lyrics to that because I was perturbed by the song as well. But he was actually talking about dead presidents, as in money. So I know what he meant, but those words still mean something <laughs> else, and I don't want to wish death on my my friends. Or I don't want to wish isolation on myself. So I just avoid it altogether. You know, cool. that's not to say that I'm better than thou or whatever. But I, if you my friend and you sing that, hey, man, I don't, I don't know if we're friends no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, so that's, that's all I kind of had to present about this discussion that started with the Jones family finessing the internet. <laughs> Um, but it's, it brings up a very serious point that where all these celebrities and all these people were in a rush to go and help Keaton, um, it's clear, especially in the black community that there's so many kids that need our attention, that need our affection. Um, and I think especially the demographic we serve, I think we're, we're the, it's crazy to believe. And I know we're struggling to adult at times, but yes, we're probably at that perfect age where we could really reach some of these middle schoolers. Yeah, And so one thing, you know, like what I want to do is I want to get into mentoring. I used to mentor um, earlier in my life, but I'm, you know, I'm 25 now. I'm at a point where I can really make an impact on like a, a 13 year old because I have some wisdom and stuff, you know. So I, I really want to encourage everybody to get into that. Talk to your little, you know, start at home. Talk yeah, to your talk little, to your little cousin. cousins this Christmas. You know, ask them about Musical.ly. Ask them what they putting on Musical.ly. <laughs> I'm just, um, yeah. make sure y'all live tweet if any of us anybody on this podcast personally victimize you please tweet us and tell tell us what that we, we did um, I always ask if anybody has been personally victimized and they just want to be a-holes and say yes but I ain't did nothing to nobody I don't bother nobody I'm a nice person um, but yeah bonnet wisdom oh god Whew. I'll be having good bonnet wisdom if somebody pissed me off bonnet wisdom tell the truth <laughs> Don't be out here Taylor Swift and playing the victim when that's not what happened. Don't don't try to twist things. Like be a grown woman and or man <clears throat> and address things. You know mm. what I'm saying? And just be real and accept criticism, like you know, constructive criticism, and be able to acknowledge certain flaws in yourself. Like I know what my problems are, so look into yourself. Like maybe it is me. It is you <laughs> looking like that. <laughs> no, but yeah, like know your own flaws and. <laughs> If somebody can be like, hey, you raggedy for XYZ, you'd be like, you know what? Yep, and I'm working on it. Work on it if it's something like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my body with me. Hey, Mel. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. I may be a lot of things, but a liar is not one of those things, honey. <laughs> um, guys, I, I encourage everybody to be um be more selective with their online energy. Um, I think if anything, this uh, I, I want to hammer home is that um, my belief that a lot of people are doing things for perception, um, you know, do do what you're truly compelled to do and, and what you're sincerely compelled to do. And then um, you also got to unplug just for your health, because it's so much messed up things going on in the world that you can find out about through social media that you can worry yourself sick if you don't unplug. So, um, 
yeah, man, that's that that's my reflection, guys. It's it's been a you know it's been a good episode. I, I know we we had our funny points, our high points, we had our low points, uh, but Some you gems. know. We we try to be a, a a mix of 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 ratchet and, and righteous, as uh, Charlemagne the guy would say. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so y'all have a great week. Um, it's almost Christmas. Get them gifts together, ladies. Secure them yes. gifts with these niggas. Um, I think I missed my mark, but you know, try to get y'all <laughs> gifts. Try to get y'all yeah. gifts. If y'all don't know what y'all are, but like, if y'all don't know what what y'all are as a couple by now, it's maybe a car i think a card is just appropriate I think we got two, we got two weeks ladies so get these get these gifts y'all still got time hit them one you, think you never know <laughs> depending on the type of nigga you may you may still have time sis but um mm. <laughs> all right bye y'all mm. <laughs>